Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, February 2nd, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, it's been 26 days since the Capitol riot, and the reverberations on the security front and psychological wounds are continuing to surface. Number two, what to make of the White House meeting with Susan Collins and company. And number three, wowee, Mitch McConnell threw down some heat and waded into House GOP politics, backing Representative Liz Cheney and whacking Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. The man of few words had quite a bit to say yesterday. Jake, let's get into the mix here. Number one, Talk to us about what's happening on the security front. I feel like there has been a lot of developments that we have in this morning's Punchbowl AM. Yeah, Anna, it's been just 26 days since the Capitol riot, and we're trying to understand. We've been reporting on how Congress is going to change, how the leadership is going to protect members of Congress in this increasingly hot time. And we have a couple data points. Number one, the House Democratic leadership is talking about creating a commission to examine the events on January 6th, that riot at the Capitol. This is going to be like a September 11th commission. Number two, uh, a bunch of members of the rank and file on Capitol Hill are going to be giving, given a U.S. Capitol Police detail. It's a big deal, right? The leadership is usually the only people that have these details. These are, you know, plainclothed police officers with guns. So quite drastic. Um, the Democratic leadership is talking about putting together an emergency spending bill to protect the Capitol, to give more money to Capitol security and to protect members of Congress. And on Friday, Anna, this has not been reported. None of this has been reported, frankly. But on Friday, the Democratic leadership held a call with spouses of members of Congress who are all very, very concerned about what's been going on, very, very concerned about the um, security climate, about protecting their families, protecting themselves, protecting their husbands or wives. And, um, you know, this is all unprecedented, Anna. We're seeing the institution that you and I have covered for a long time react and change uh, after this horrible attack. Yeah, it, it feels almost like there has been kind of like a, a, a dramatic pause, right? Where in the in the after, direct aftermath, it was almost everybody trying to figure out just, you know, were they safe? What was happening? Getting the fencing up. And now it, it's almost as if there's been a little bit of distance where we're really starting to see what the ramifications of this January 6th mob is going to be in the long term. One of the things that I thought last night was very dramatic was Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez spoke about her own experience in the Capitol. Um, the second term lawmaker from New York obviously makes a ton of headlines uh, and has kind of thwarted uh, the right on some issues. But she talked personally about it directly to the camera about actually her own sexual assault that she was a victim of and how this is triggering and kind of really went directly at some of the Republican colleagues uh, who basically said, you know, it's time to move on. The country's healing needs to happen. And to do that, we need to press forward. She basically was saying, no, like we actually need to take a pause. And this is what happens when abusers try to abuse victims. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a, a really good messenger on this because she speaks in a way that members of Congress don't speak, right, Anna? I mean, she's a, a younger, she's more relatable, and, and I think that's important for, for Congress to have somebody out there who's speaking in real words and real language about what, what's going on. Yeah, definitely. All right, the number two story of the day... 
The White House, Joe Biden, met with Republicans, Susan Collins, the moderate from Maine and company. A lot has been made about this. A lot of people trying to read the tea leaves. Is this Joe Biden's moment of unity? Listen, I think a lot was made out of this in the sense that, oh, they're going to come to some big bipartisan deal and it's the, you know, deal making of yore. That clearly didn't happen in this meeting, but it does feel to me, Jake, like a reset. Like all of a sudden you have these Republicans who've been under Donald Trump for four years and they are just looking to shift gears, to have any semblance of normalcy in Washington, whether or not they get a deal, they just want to be part of the game and not feel like, you know, the last four years where Donald Trump would zig and zag and didn't really care what Republicans in Congress thought. You know, I'm going to read you a text message I got late last night, Anna, from somebody uh, associated with the, this Republican group. This person said, I think Democrats underestimate how difficult and painful the Trump years were for Republicans and how much people want things to work and return to normal and how eager they actually are to work in good faith. They don't all want Biden to fail. This wasn't a fake window dressing exercise for these senators. So I think, listen, I think we could take a step back here and... Um, you and I could probably read the situation a little bit differently. It's easy for Republicans to now say after four years of Donald Trump doing almost everything Donald Trump wanted, it's easy for them to say now that they want a, a reset with Democrats, right? And, and that's fine. They could get they could play that game a little bit. I think Democrats are going to say, no, 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 no. Wait a minute here. We have all of Washington and we're not going to start, you know, giving you what you want just because now you decide you want to work with us. So I think there has to be some sort of middle ground here. I don't think and listen, I'm I'm notoriously you and I are both notoriously very skeptical of everything, skeptical of uh everything and anything and uh you know, everything in between, but I think frankly that this is a this exercise is not going anywhere. I think that um Republicans are not going to get what they want out of Biden. They're almost, you know, they're more than a $1.6 trillion apart from Biden. So I, I think that this is, while it's not window dressing, it is wishful thinking to think they're going to come together on something like this. And the number three story of the day is my favorite because I think it's fascinating for people that cover Washington, power in Washington. Mitch McConnell, Senate Minority Leader, taking to the floor and getting into house politics, something that typically both chambers usually say, no, you know what? I'm a member of the Senate. I'm just going to deal with what's happening in the Senate. Speaker Pelosi, I'm a member of the House. I do House leadership. I don't get involved in what's happening in the other chamber. Not for Mitch McConnell last night. Man, a few words. Had a lot to say when it came to defending Representative Liz Cheney, the Republican from Wyoming, and also taking to task Marjorie Taylor Greene in a way that other, certainly House Republican leaders, have not. Yeah, Mitch McConnell getting right into Kevin McCarthy's world here and, um, you know, backing, as you said, Liz Cheney, who's under attack for for supporting the impeachment of Donald Trump and and whacking uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, Anna, listen, to be honest with you, I, I don't think Mitch McConnell has much um, sway here. I think that the people who don't like Cheney and who like Marjorie Taylor Greene are going to say, OK, cool, Mitch McConnell is uh, Mitch McConnell. We're going to take the opposite side of this equation here. Mitch McConnell's an establishment Republican. Marjorie Taylor Greene kind of said as much, right? I mean, she she went after McConnell in a tweet last night. We don't need to get into what she said because it's largely irrelevant. But I do think that um, 
it's interesting to see McConnell trying to get involved in the future of the Republican Party after four years of of Donald Trump. And I think a lot of people are going to view this with skepticism, to say the least. But I think that I think that, you know, if you're looking for the internal house politics, the palace intrigue, McConnell getting involved in McCarthy's world is something super interesting. And I would just say to close the loop on that. It is truly, I think, Mitch McConnell putting his thumb on the scale for where he thinks the Republicans need to go in the future. Donald Trump is no longer the leader of the Republican Party. And clearly, this fight is manifesting itself across the country, in states, in Congress. And he is weighing in on it in a way that he didn't during Donald Trump's presidency for the most part. He, you know, kind of went along to get along a little bit, tried to work with Donald Trump when he could because that was kind of the role he had. But without the presidency, you know, there's going to be more Republicans potentially sticking their hand up and saying, this is going to be the future. It will be very interesting to see how that plays out. I agree with you a thousand percent. I don't think what Mitch McConnell says impacts the vote for or against Liz Cheney. I do wonder what it impacts the relationship between Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell. The non-existent relationship. Thanks so much for listening. Hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating and review. You could also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.